0: And this morning we have a special treat. It is my delight to welcome someone who is a visionary, compassionate, kind, and absolutely brilliant. So please welcome Carmian Owen. it is to be here and how inspired I am by just what is hearing the the music there was a, a line that jumped out of me that's still jumping out of me drink from the nectar of your tears walk through the labyrinth of your fears oh yes and so with that in my heart I invite you to join with me in creating sacred space in knowing the prayer works that there is within this working a magnificent infinite intelligence. One mind, one spirit, one love. It is God for me. And as I know that, as I recognize that the reality I experience is a product of my entire mind, I step into that knowing, I take spiritual responsibility. I know that God is having its way by means of me, through me, and as me. I celebrate that everyone gathered here is lit up one cell at a time in their own perfect rhythm. I celebrate that there is a wondrous expression today. May I be allowed to be a pristine vessel of consciousness. May God be here so clearly, so lovingly. And so with a deep sense of gratitude, an unconditional gratitude, I release these words. And I invite you, if any of these words resonate for you, to join me in saying, and so it is. Thank you, Brown. Thank you. Wow. I am so in love with today. I really am. It is just... We spent the day in meditation retreat yesterday. And there were a group of us gathered in the sanctuary, and it really was the perfect way to prepare to be here. It's the first time I'm kind of batting on home soil, right? So wonderful to be here. I want to talk today about something that's very near and dear to my heart. The title for the talk is Changing My BS. Changing My BS. Belief system, by the way, belief system. You know, I'm I'm not going to talk about the other kind of BS, but when I got asked to talk, a quote came to mind as I started to meditate and I started to go within about what was going on, and I remember, you probably heard this quote, George Bernard Shaw once said, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Who's heard that before? The road to hell is paved with good intentions, right? And as I sat with that, something came up, something was pushing up around it and I kind of realized, you know, that's not quite sitting for me. Not quite sitting for me. And what came in through my heart was a slight adjustment, a little tiny tweak, but it's so profound. The road to hell is covered in my BS. The road to hell is covered in my BS. What do I mean by that? Well, I believe it was inspired by something that's been unfolding here at the center. There's been a process that the practitioner core, the leadership team have been going through, called the co-creation process. Reverends um, Sutton and Strom, they've put together this approach to group healing and to group growth, to group spiritual inquiry. And many centers are using this, and we've we've, we've dived into it. And in it, as we're getting ready to sort of, you know, start this prayer, to come together to pull this prayer together, because prayer works, as this, tell you, works, right? They talk about intentions, and what they say is, intentions are always good at their source. Always. Intentions are always good at their source. So, you know, I was sitting with that, and I suddenly realized, oh, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Intentions are always good at their source. Oh, I'm always good, so am I always going to hell? No, I kind of figured, no, I don't want to go there. So... Intentions start at the center of our being, right? This is what they're saying. There's this essential expanded self right in the middle, but it's not in the middle because there is no place, there's no line, there's no measurement. It's just through us. And they're always good. They're always good at the start of our being. Always good at inception. But they go bad, and this is what they say, when they get filtered by our false beliefs. So the intentions are great, but there's this belief system, this BS, and the the intentions try to go through this belief system, and then it, it can start to go bad. Now, it can start to go bad. It's not to say it has to. Belief system, hidden fears. Until a few weeks ago, if you'd have asked me what was my earliest memory, I would have told you that I was about four, and I walked in, we lived in a, in, I grew up in London, England and in city London. And we, we lived in, we live in flats there, not apartments. No, we live in flats. And I remember walking from the bedroom into the living room, tiny little flat. And I walked in and my father was there and he's got a spoon in his hand and there's some white powder. He's burning it and he's putting it into a needle. He's shooting heroin, chasing the dragon. And until a couple of weeks ago, I would have told you that was my first memory. Then in my mind and through my heart came another memory, even younger. I remember bars. It was my cot. It was in my crib, I guess. And I remember looking up and there was this big burly guy, big mustache, black leather waistcoat, can of Guinness. I remember the, I remember the harp and he's, he's given me some Guinness to try out. Because apparently there's a biker party going on and I'm the little two-year-old whatever and I need to have a bit of Guinness. So let's think about that for a minute. Just imagine what we go through when we grow up, perhaps in the womb, perhaps before the womb, who knows. But we come into this world of forms and effects and we have people living out their stuff, living out their belief system, casting their BS everywhere. And we may be, you know, underneath that. And I believe when you're, you know, you're zero, one, two, five, whatever, you know, you have no way of processing this information. You have no way of, of knowing what to do with what is going on. And there I am, immersed in this energy that is filled with drugs, alcohol, rock and roll, whatever. But a lot of people running away from what it is that is the truth of their being. I don't believe that. You're facing the truth when you're injecting something into yourself or drinking at that level. And so imagine what I must have been immersed in, right? And it doesn't matter what your background is, because that may sound or strike you as pretty harsh, but we all have stuff that happens that gets laid on us, and it can be very subtle. So imagine what goes on when I can't process that. And so I'm having these beliefs modeled for me and laid on me. And I don't know what to do with it. So I take it on and I shove it down. I shove it down. And then I grow up. I get older. You know, I'm five. I'm 10. I'm I'm 15. I start to go through all the emotional stuff coming up. The hormones. And no idea what to do with it. So there's some more that I lay on. More than I lay on. And before I know it, I'm a wreck. And then I go through this point of suddenly going, whoa, this has got to stop. For me, you know, it's known as the dark night of the soul. I've been through at least one. (laughs) And maybe there's more. (laughs) And maybe there's more. And so we grow up, we have this stuff going on. And then as we go through life, we bump into people and we have experiences, right? And what I've come to realize, and this is what the co-creation process is saying, is that every person, every experience, every event, every moment is God inviting you to love. To love them, to love it, to love all. It's as simple as that. That's at the core of this teaching. And I suddenly realized, oh, look at that. But, you know, I have this good intention. There's this God within me that wants to burst forth... And it's getting filtered by my BS because I've been, it's like standing on the side of the road, a big truck comes by, you know, yes, and I've got to reach through that. I've got to wash myself off. And guess what? Changing my BS, cleaning my crap off takes practice. It's as simple as that. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Anthony Robbins. I don't care if you're Deepak Chopra. I don't care if you're Marianne Williamson or even Dr. Ernest Holmes on the stage. You can't go anywhere and get it. You can't go and arrive and suddenly, Ta-da! not going to happen. You may get a peak experience. You may get a semi-illuminated moment. You may think you've got it, and that's a big trap. More BS. But you know, these are just words, right? These are just words. It's a story that really talks about wisdom because it doesn't matter what I say to you by way of words. And, and even if I tell you that changing your BS is a practice, it goes much deeper than that. There's a man who was working really, really hard. He'd spent a couple of days on working on putting together this project and he got done. And he, he realized he hadn't eaten very well because he was starving. And so he decided he'd go online. He would, you know, look for a really good restaurant in the city. So what he did was, he looked around and he, he found this one restaurant and it seemed to have it won all of these awards, it had amazing reviews, and like, he looked at the bio of the chef, he looked at the menu and he was like, wow, the food is good here. So he clicked on the button, open table, and he said, okay, reservation, rushed, went down to the, I uh, was able to get a reservation because it was just him, got to the restaurant and he's told, well, you know, it'll be a little while, we're very busy obviously, because they were so good. But, you know, please have a seat. And so he's waiting. And he's looking around, and he's seeing waiters are walking past him with amazing food, right? You know? And he's looking at the presentation. It's like, oh, wow. And you're smelling the food, just oh, just amazing. And then he's looking around at the other restaurant goers, and they're getting their food, and they're, they're starting to eat, and he's looking at their reactions and their conversation. And after a while of this, he, he thinks to himself, he says to himself, Oh, the food is good here. And then eventually, his meal is brought to him. It's placed in front of him. And he puts his knife and fork into it, takes a taste, and the flavors explode into his mouth. He looks up to the waiter and he goes, The food is good here. Now think about that for a minute. That's a story about the three stages of wisdom. The three stages of wisdom. The first stage of wisdom was when he was looking at the reviews, he was looking at the menu, he was looking at the write-up, and everyone was saying how amazing it was there. So he decided the food is good here. That's like blind faith. That would be like you hearing this message and running out and going and telling everyone, you gotta change your BS and it takes practice. Whoa, just do it, man, do it. It's a very dangerous stage of wisdom. It's the seat of some of the most terrible acts, the most unthinkable choices in this world. You know, I met up with some dude who seems to be my new father, and he's he's making me feel so good. And, oh, he says, go do this. And he says, this is the truth, so off I go and do it. Ring a bell? The second stage of wisdom, though, is when he was sitting down, and he was going through this intellectual process, right? So he was through a process of seeing, smelling, hearing, interpreting, and reasoning. He was deciding, you know, oh, wow, the food was good here. But it wasn't, and well, that would be actually, when you're going through that process, that would be like you hearing this message, you know, and then leaving, and then talking about it later on with your friends, having a really nice debate, and at the end of it, you know, turning around and saying, well, we've decided that changing my BS, it's truth, and this is the truth of how you do it, because, you know, we believe, we think, and these are all the arguments we've got, and we're going to defend that really passionately, because that's the truth. That's also a very sort of risky uh, stage of wisdom because you'll see that a lot, Um, you know, if I think over the years in spiritual communities, you know, when um, if someone to a religious community and someone provides an interpretation of what their God is and it's a hateful God or they're getting caught in bed with a prostitute. Oh, the the devil made me do it. To me, that's just a sign that they don't know the God that I know in the way that I know it. It's an intellectual game. And so it doesn't matter what I say to you today. It still words. But it wasn't until the man ate the food that he had experienced that the food was good. It was only then that he truly knew it was good. And then when he had read Don Miguel Ruiz, The Four Agreements, The Fifth Agreement, really, really good. This is a great storyteller. But in The Fifth Agreement, The Fifth Agreement is simply this. Don't believe a word that I say. Don't believe a word that I say. But learn how to determine what the truth is for you. And guess what? The only way you can do that is experience it. doesn't matter what I say to you. You've got to take it on. You've got to experience it. So, Jane, changing my BS takes practice. And changing my BS is also a journey. Dr. Patrick, beloved Dr. Patrick, he talked a couple of weeks ago about the four kingdoms of consciousness, the four stages of awakening. I'll just do a quick refresh. So, the first kingdom is where we're in victim mode. Things are done to us. Okay? It's when we're kind of asleep. And we can fall back to sleep. But once we first realize, we start to realize, you know what? Uh, this is not working for me anymore. We, we maybe have our dark night of the soul or whatever it is. We suddenly decide, we're done. And at that point, when we start to take spiritual responsibility, when we, when we give up blame, we give up blaming others, we take spiritual responsibility, and we start to recognize and realize that the reality I experience is a product of my entire mind then I can start to recognize, oh, I can create. Prayer works, right? That's what we're talking about here. Every time you come here, prayer works. The reality I experience is a product of my entire mind. And so at that point, I'm in this creative level of consciousness. And, you know, you can be aware at this level in health relationships, creative expression, or financial freedom, and you can fall asleep and you can step backwards and forwards. But there's a third kingdom, the kingdom of co-creation. And this kingdom is where to go for this door of transcendence from this kingdom of creation to kingdom of co-creation, you have to give up control. You have to accept change. So you have to give up holding on to stuff as if it won't change, which includes your BS, believe it or not. So you've got to give that up. So in the second kingdom, things will be done by you. In the third kingdom, things are being done through you. And my experience is, is to step from that second to that third kingdom, you have to have a daily, regular, spiritual practice. There's no if, ands, or but about it. There's no going to an Anthony Robbins you know, conference and getting it. Truly, you have to take on a spiritual practice. It is a journey. It takes time. And there are years and years and years and years of stuff that got laid on you, and then you laid on yourself. So in that second stage, we're mastering manifesting change. In the second stage, the third kingdom, we're mastering knowing that all are co-creating. Because as we recognize the divinity within us, we recognize our own light, we now know what it looks like a little bit better, and it becomes so much more obvious, including all of those peoples and events and experiences that showed up, that may have initially rubbed us up the wrong way, including my father, including that can of Guinness, although I don't think it was the whole can. <laughs> I was still drunk and it all, but you know we have to go through this first kingdom. We have to be asleep. I had to be. A little toddler, surrounded in this energy, so that I could have this stuff laid on me, so that I could wake up. I had to have my night of the start, night of the soul. I had to, so that I could be here with you. Here, we'll be here with you today. It's as simple as that. There's no other way. And as I think about practice, practice to me is simply cultivating the soil of silence, so that God can grow through me cultivating the soil of silence so that god can grow through me not for you you're going to do your practice i know it's all perfect but for me i'm going to focus on me i'm going to make sure that i'm cultivating my soil of silence antonita Mello once said there is only one cause of unhappiness The false beliefs you have in your head. Beliefs so widespread, so commonly held, that it never occurs to you to question them. Never occurs to you to question your BS. Are you kidding me, God? Really? Oh, wow, how heavy. But then you suddenly start to experience and feel the light of love coming through you, and it starts to make sense. I wouldn't have it any other way. There's another idea that I heard about recently. Behind every feeling is a belief. Behind every feeling is a belief. Now think about that for a minute. You get up in the morning and you're telling yourself, oh, I got out on the wrong side of the bed. I feel like, I just feel terrible. And then of course, the reality we experience is a product of my entire mind, so I carry that with me. And of course, this is just belief. This is BS that's pushing up. This is BS that's pushing up. Then the challenge Or rather, the challenge within that and through that is, am I identifying with my suppressed BS? So, am I identifying with my feelings? I feel bad today. I feel bad today. Does that mean I am bad? I feel bad today. I feel bad today. I am bad. Spiritual practice, though, chips away at that, right? We practice simply being aware. I was teaching yesterday in meditation a few basic skills. Concentration just to keep focused on one thing. Mastery of the mind, to recognize the mind has wandered and then for concentration to bring it back. And harmonious awareness. Harmonious awareness because... What I want to do in meditation myself is when a feeling comes up, I want to practice sitting with it and being harmonious with it and knowing that's God. I want to sit in my fire. I want to dance with my dragon. I want to feel whatever it is that's coming up, be harmonious, and know that it too is God. It may be filtered by some BS, but it's still God. I want to know that. And you know what? I'm not a master at that. I have to practice. And then what does practice make? Practice makes? Perfect. Yes. There are some people here. Woo! <laughs> yeah. So what happens then if we start identifying? Practice makes permanence. Perfect. So I'm going to practice feeling bad today so that that can be a permanent thing, although that's a perfect segue into the next line. What does science mind say about changing BS? Well, actually, Dr. Ernest Holmes, bless that man, doesn't say BS in the science of mind. But he does use one of the words. He does say, our belief is that anything the mind thinks, it can unthink. So just to counter that, the danger, well, not the danger, but the trap, the trip there, practice makes permanence, is you can start to believe. Well, you can start to beat yourself up. Oh, I practiced feeling bad today. Oh, it's permanent. Oh, no. Well, no, that's not the case. Anything the mind thinks, it can unthink, right? If we're acting from belief alone, Reverend Sutton and Strom would say, we're going to do one of three things. We're going to want to harm, to hide, or to have. Harm, hide, have. It's a bit more than fight or flight for me. Because we also get into this thing of, well, I bought a new car and it feels good. Oh, okay, so I want to have more. Because that feeling of good fades away because the thing, the car, is not the true source of my happiness. But, you know, I've been so busy. Oh, what a nice car. And I love to drive fast. Don't get me wrong. And I have a fun car. But what a trap it could be if suddenly, oh, when I'm identifying with the car and I'm happy because of the car, I want to have. Well, that feeling of being happy fades away. Oh, well, you know, okay, well, I want something new. Oh, I want to have. Not good. Not good, but it all can be unfunk. <laughs> I'm funky. <laughs> so our belief is that anything the mind thinks it can unthink. Oh look at this. Someone's facebooking me. Anything that the the mind thinks it can unthink. <laughs> We're so connected. Woo! It yeah, is one mind. So the teaching is saying: change your thinking, change your life. But. Our thinking is our entire mind. It's not just the conscious stuff that we are aware of. There's this subconscious beyond the veil of of that conscious awareness behind. And sometimes it's stinky. BS. Stinky belief systems. So therefore, I guess the conclusion is, to change my BS, I have to unthink stuff. Say what? (laughs) I have to unthink stuff. You know, that's like asking the question, I want, uh, what don't I know that I need to know? Great question for contemplation, but if your intellectual mind tries to wrap your head around it, okay, so I need, what what don't I know? What don't I know? Where do you go with that? Intellectually, the mind has no place to go with that. None. But spirit does. Spirit, what don't I know that I need to know? Right here, right now. Oh, yeah, thank you, Spirit. That's how it is, and that takes practice. And if you do that once a year, how good do you think you're going to be at it? Didn't work for me at first. <laughs> so, cultivating practice of sitting in harmony. Cultivating being harmonious. You know, Gandhi said, be the, be the change you want to see in the world. And people talk about peace, well, Peace. It all starts here, brothers and sisters in line. It starts here. You've got to quote, well, for me, what's worked for me, I'm speaking for myself because I'm not a preacher, but spirit is calling my BS out. And as I've answered that calling, as I have stepped firmly and fully, in, fully into the knowing of who I am, I have activated consciously that love is that is within, that spirit, that expanded essential self. And that love starts to expand, and it pushes out all of the BS that no longer aligns with what it is. It never aligns with what it is, but I get clearer about that, and I start to feel uncomfortable. I start to feel Discomfort. And in spiritual community, we come together, we join, we celebrate, and we grow up all over each other. We grow up over each other. Oh, yes. And I get to sit knowing that every person, every event, every experience is inviting me to know God. And that is a journey, and that takes practice. And I invite you to take these words, sit with them, and find a way to experience them. Taste the food for yourself, and change your BS. You too can unthink that BS. Know the flow and be happy. Thank you.